Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Social Impact CX podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. This is episode 22 of Social Impact CX, and again, as always, thanks for listening. Today, I'm grateful for the book, Yes And, which if you've never seen the book, Yes And, you should really check this one out. It came out a couple years ago. The authors of Yes And are Kelly Leonard and Tom Yorton, who both have associations with the famed Second City comedy troupe and comedy operation in Chicago. Second City has produced so many, many comedy luminaries of our lifetime. Uh, And in 2015, Kelly Leonard and Tom Yorton wrote this book, Yes And, that has all sorts of insights about how you can take concepts and ideas that come from the world of comedy improvisation and apply them to some new thinking then within your own organization or work culture to reverse the all negative no but. So when someone presents you with a new idea or something that you've previously never even thought of, instead of saying no, but we should do this instead, uh, or no, but we always have done it this way, uh, forcing yourself to think about well, yes, and then yes, and what could we be doing that might be new and different? And so uh, un- until you start becoming aware about how much no but happens in your workplace, you're probably not even aware of the pervasiveness of how much no but happens on a daily basis and how much negativity there is that there is with that. Well, this book presses into service various lessons and exercises from the world of Second City so that you and your team members can work together to get to a much more positive and creative and collaborative yes and culture to look at things with probably a different lens and and let interesting and rather unexpected ideas come from all sorts of places and all sorts of people that you might not have previously thought about. Uh, a, a few years ago, I had an opportunity to attend a training session at Second City in Chicago that was part of a design thinking conference I was uh, taking part in, and it was really quite an experience. I don't know that I'll ever forget that. It's one of the most interesting business or, or corporate training experiences I've ever had. So I'm very pleased to say that my guest on this episode of Social Impact CX is none other than a gentleman known as Matt Arnold. Matt is a user experience expert, and we've not only had the chance to work together in our careers, but we also had the rather unique opportunity to attend that training session together at Second City in Chicago, where so many ideas uh, that you'll find in the book, Yes And, are are brought to life uh, through interactive and, and group exercises. So I guess that I'm not only grateful for the book Yes And, but I'm certainly also grateful for the opportunity to have worked with and gotten to know Matt Arnold as well. So I occasionally get pulled into conversations about what the difference is between UX and CX, or user experience and customer experience. And that is precisely what Matt and I are talking about. Uh, in these episodes. This is the beginning of our UX uh, and CX discussion here in episode 22. There will be more to follow. So let's get to it uh, with my conversation with none other than Matt Arnold talking about user experience and customer experience. And we certainly take this conversation into the ideas of um, what that means in a social impact or nonprofit environment. I'm very pleased to welcome to the Social Impact CX podcast, Matt Arnold. In this conversation, we're going to explore a subject that I always find interesting, UX and CX. Uh, That's user experience and customer experience. How do 
UX and CX relate? Where do these two disciplines overlap? Where do they complement each other? Uh, how are they different? Why it's important to understand similarities and differences? I, I think this is an interesting conversation. So full disclosure, as we get started here, uh, Matt and I have had the opportunity to work together a few years ago when we were both at ACT in the this is a major nonprofit organization in the education sector. Uh, presently, Matt is UX director for both Handrail and Connect5, and I'll let him explain a bit more about that. Uh, when we worked together at ACT, however, I have to say Matt was a true leader on the customer experience team, and he was responsible for various different programs, including putting together ACT's first user experience initiative. And I think that was quite a learning experience. Uh, it was interesting to watch him uh, create that team. Uh, We've had the chance to train on UX together, and we've also both explored some other uh, related areas uh, in training, such as design thinking and service design and some other interesting innovation concepts. I've had the true pleasure of, uh, Matt and I both attended a, uh, a, a training session at Second City in Chicago. <laughs> um, if any of you have ever read the book, Yes And, um, if you haven't read Yes And, I recommend it highly, but uh, we uh, hopefully we don't, um, uh, fall into uh, uh, too familiar terminology. If, if Matt says red ball somewhere in the middle of our conversation, that's where that, that is, but we'll try and, and, uh, and keep it under control here. So, uh, so did I get all that information correct, Matt? Yeah, that's, yep. Okay, and all right. Thank you, red ball. Uh, uh, there you go, all right, <laughs> we're off to a good start. Um, uh, with that, actually, uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Matt so he can tell us a little bit about his background and how he came into a career in user experience or UX. Yeah, so I think uh, probably where to start is just going back to a little bit of my education was really focused on, I was a communication major, but I was doing a lot of early technology projects, early uh, internet web projects, and just really interested in how do people use technology, what are they trying to accomplish. Uh, went to grad school and focused on computer augmented decision making, how do people use technology to uh, make better decisions. So you went from communications to computer augmented decision making. Right, and actually the program I was in was, it was, it was a master's in uh, communication studies program at Illinois State, but my research was a joint initiative between the computer science department and the uh, communication department. So That's interesting. it was interesting yeah. that they were really yeah. looking at uh, the intersection of technology and uh, human need. Yeah, and that gets us right to user experience. Right. Interesting, yeah. Okay. And uh, after that, uh, ended up in Minneapolis, worked in the tech community and design community in the Twin Cities, and uh, early early days of the web, uh, before there were web standards, and really uh, started getting into uh, observing customers, using our technology, talking to customers, not knowing that there was a practice called UX at the time, but really uh, just continue to investigate what are ways that we can make better decisions by understanding what our customers are trying to accomplish. Sure. And that kind of led to to a career in what we'd now call UX or design. Yeah, interesting. And so how do you, how before we get too far down the path into UX, talk about UX and design, because I know those are two concepts that are very related for you. And, and they should be related for a lot of people. But tell us a little bit about how you see them as interrelated. Yeah, and I, I think some folks might be uh, maybe more uh, righteous about their definitions of, of UX. Right. Uh, and for me, I think focusing more on user-centered design. So both from the design or design thinking framework to uh, 
on the UX side, how do you make things useful and usable for folks? Yeah. Sometimes I think on the UX side, you might be thinking more about, you know, it might be more interfaces uh, and how do they, they really come into contact. But I, I like to think of it more, and this might be as we dig in closer to a CX side, like what's the overall brand or service? Right. And what are, right. the, what, what are the interactions that people are having? What creates value for them? How do you help enable that? Right. And how do you do it in a way that uh, grounds your brand identity? So, right. so like you might say that mm-hmm. you're a, you, know, you have a particular brand promise, but if you can't ground it uh, in their reality, it's it's difficult. So, sometimes I talk to te- uh, Avis right there. Their most successful time is when they they position themselves as trying harder. Right. So it was going to be service oriented. So if you go to a Avis counter and people look like they're working to help you, that feels right. But uh, if you go to an Avis counter and somebody's sleeping, it doesn't feel like they're grounded in reality. And so what I, uh, a lot of what I like to do is integrate uh, brand strategy mm-hmm. and, and then how does that come to life? Uh, and so on the UX side, that might be uh, more and more it's digital interfaces, but it still could be what, what's a physical interface, right. uh, even the way paper is presented to somebody. And that's where you start to bleed into maybe that's more customer experience, right? Kind of all these touch sure. points. Uh, so, yeah, kind of the UX side was really trying to bring in how do we, how do we uh, basically keep our brand promise from a service side in understanding what's important for the customer and then focusing those in the constraints of the business. I think that's so important to bring up that, that even though you're in a specific discipline, you still understand the broader context of brand promise and that. And while, while I have tremendous respect for and appreciation for people who delve deep into one of these areas of practice or discipline, such as uh, even usability or user yeah. interface or, or the training that goes along with creating that in-person experience or, or the culture aspect and that, uh, no matter how deep you go in a specialty in this field, I think it's really important to make sure that you always have that broader context of what we're all trying to achieve. Yep. And, and then you put the customer in the center. And here at Social Impact CX, sometimes we don't always use the word customer. Yep. But we're dealing with organizations that are working to serve beneficiaries or patients or right. members. Yep. Uh, and so, but the concepts apply. And we always talk about that too, is that these concepts translate. Uh, you're trying to create more value for somebody. Yes. Treat somebody better. Yeah, and you're, you're hitting on an area, and I still don't know how to best articulate it myself, but I've been trying to use human-centered design yep. a lot more because I, I feel like sometimes we do uh, uh, kind of talk past each other when it's, you're talking about a variety of stakeholders. And so I'm with you that, yeah, there's sometimes they have many labels, but we're, we're trying to think about the person that is, is, is using or needing benefit right, from this. Right. And sometimes in... Especially in 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 some nonprofits and social, it's a very complex ecosystem. Yeah, because very. the 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 user beneficiary might not be the person making the purchase decision. You don't have the clarity of the sale of right. revenue necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So uh, although I I'm a huge fan of the term uh, user or human centered design um, HCD, uh, what I what I think is unfortunate is that when you get into people who are running organizations or a nonprofit. Um, if you bring up HCD or human-centered design, sometimes 
uh, you get this very quizzical look or eyes glass over a little bit. It's really the idea of putting the customer in the center and then making yeah. your decisions, not just even design, design decisions. Right. I mean, this should impact budgets and people and who's doing what and, and what you're going to do next year because you know you could do something better than what's happening this year. Yeah. It's it, planning. I mean, it really has this broader impact on organizations and uh um, it, it's it's fascinating to connect with people who have gotten into human-centered design. It, I think uh, I hope that we find more of that as we go down the path. And just to make it more interesting and complicated is that also design can be a problematic yes. term. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> so yeah. I think a lot of a lot of times people might think of it as just how it looks. Uh, like we can design that later, right. rather than design being how the whole thing works, how this whole right. system comes together. I know that in my career I have had at least one experience where uh, we got fascinating um, effort underway with customer experience and user experience and I was asked by a CEO so what's next and I said design and the rest of the room just kind of looked at me and I had one other person in the room who's like yes that that makes sense but and I meant design in the context of how do we think about what we're doing and how do we right. shape that experience around uh, whoever we're trying to serve or sell to or service or whatever. Uh, but I think the word design was then a real disconnect for um, others. It's uh, yeah. whether you lead human resources or you're a CIO or you're a sales executive or whatever, the word design can sound very foreign sometimes, right. but yet it, it really has this holistic meaning that can connect across the whole organization or enterprise but yep. that it uh, it gets lost sometimes with that word I agree I think yeah and I think you know sometimes even trying to, to talk about design quickly I try to focus on uh, helping uh, clients when I do consulting uh, think about goal-based design so right. sometimes we talk about that and then just quickly trying to describe that as a person trying to accomplish something in a particular context, right? So right. then we we start thinking about okay, who are who are the actors in the ecosystem? Right. What what is what is happening to them? What is the what's the emotional state that they might yeah. be in when they're trying to yeah. access a product or service? Uh, and what is it that they need to accomplish? And then for us, also needing to tie it back to business value. So what we try to do is. We'll talk about at uh, uh, at Connect Five and Handrail. We'll talk about uh, needing to make uh, products or services. Uh, you know, we're doing research so that we can design meaningful experiences for the, kind of the end user or stakeholder that are effective for business. Right. Um, and another way that I've tried to help frame it quickly because sometimes design doesn't sound very business like. Yes. Is yep. is really design is how we create and capture value. Right. Right. So how how is this system going to be valuable? And value can be yep. can be dollars. It can be emotional return. Right. So we don't talk about profit. Right. But talk about value. How do you create value? Uh, and then how do you capture it? Right. So uh, and then that's kind of both sides of the the uh, human side, uh, consumer, stakeholder, beneficiary, and then also the right. organization. Right. Uh, so. Two things you touched on. Um, I love the word ecosystem. Ecosystem, I think, sometimes helps translate the concept of design into something more understandable because I think ecosystem is a word used a lot in business now. Yeah. And so I think that's a great thing for if you're talking about design, talking about the ecosystem. 
Um, uh, but then also, you know, I'm going to ask you about how you measure results, how you measure a return on your investment, because this is a matter of time and money to, to do this work, which is really important to do. But how do you measure results? And I think the emotional result is something that doesn't get measured enough, and that's an important one to think about, too. It is important and and challenging. You're very challenging. Very yeah. challenging, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think uh, for for me throughout my, my career over 20 years now, uh, those were even some of the early questions about brand and brand sure. equity. Sure, uh, And I think on the marketing and, and brand strategy side, there was progress that was made, right? Just positive feelings that people have uh, with a brand or a go-to kind of decision-making. But I think when we're talking more about... Um, investment in design and uh, sometimes it might be measured in return right right and have we we invested in this rather and are we seeing better results right, right. Uh, so sometimes those those could be just more markers when we started doing this uh, like before or after right. did we start seeing different returns uh, I think some other other things with measuring is uh, it might be related sometimes we talk about uh, uh, ROI, right? Yeah. I mean, then when it's pure dollars and cents, you're looking at a return on investment. But with good design, when people don't have, when they have fewer questions about how to use your products or services, there's fewer support calls. Uh, yeah. And uh, those those are other things that you can measure. Is were they able to to finish a transaction? Were they able to complete this without yep. support problems? Yep. So those, those right, are yeah. some. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a question for you that's coming yeah. up here. So let's, let's right come on. back to that. I, do, I have a scenario that yes. I think will help frame our conversation, although we, we don't seem to have a problem t- uh, getting our conversation going here. But um, before I start, is there anything that you want to talk about in regards to handrail and Connect 5? Uh, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, yeah, so uh, at Connect 5, uh, that is, we consider ourselves a user research and design agency okay. where we'll help with understanding a problem or opportunity space uh, think about concepts to help uh, bring designs to life, check desirability with uh, a market, uh, and then make more refined design decisions, doing detailed design and measuring. And uh, Sean McKay, the founder, uh, Connect Five represented five pillars of discipline that needed to come together. So also his founding of the company was a very much an ecosystem view on some of the things sure. that you needed to do to bring in strategy research, design, and, and uh, one of the pillars is measurement. So what type of metrics yep. so that it makes sense. And, and Sean said at times, sometimes he thought when he started Connect5, one of the things he was doing was basically translating all the different business disciplines into user need and translating it back to what does that mean for your different disciplines inside the company, and then also helping different uh, organiza- parts of the organization talk to each other. Interesting. So that's silos. a lot of helping with the yeah Going breaking across the si- silos. Yep. And and that's one thing I felt uh, throughout my career is uh, using uh, the kind of the customer when you put them at the center rather than yeah. arguing or debating with each other on yeah. opinion. It's what makes sense for them. Right. Uh, but Connect Five, uh, just getting back to that, uh, basically kind of a full stack research and design agency. Okay. So. Yeah. A lot to unpack, but we kind of talk through sure. all those, the different elements of, of kind of user research and design. Uh, and then Handrail is a product created by Connect5, so that, that's our, our entry into uh, product space, moving from service to product, but it came out of our own need to keep our research organized. And so we're really delivering an insights uh, 
workflow for, uh, for research teams that are trying to bring insights and decision making into uh, product success. Okay. And for our listeners, I'll post online um, uh, in, in conjunction with this podcast episode uh, a link to both Connect5 and Handrails. Great. Check it out. So, Great. Thanks. Uh, all right. Okay, so I was having this conversation the other day with somebody, and I knew that our conversation was coming up, yeah. and it, I immediately thought of you, and I told this person, that's the next podcast episode. So, uh, um, so let, let, me, let me paint a picture here, and then I'm very interested in your response. So, uh, so I was talking with someone who's fairly new. They're, they're doing some design thinking training, which uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about design thinking when we get through yep. this. Yep. Um, uh, and, and so, and he's interested in this overall subject area. And, and he said that a colleague of his, uh, who's in this th- uh, design thinking training with him, recently told him something to the effect, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing here, that UX and CX are pretty much the same thing and that they've both been around for a long time. They're always just called something else. Um, and I, I told him that I thought that some elements of both UX and CX, especially in very customer-oriented organizations, um, it, it, you talk about the, the classic uh, examples of CX and UX, you talk about Disney and others, who have always mm-hmm. put the customer at the center. Of course, some of the things that are part of UX and CX are, uh, you, can, you can find in those. But I talked with him a bit about the practice of that um, I think UX is many times found where, these days at least, where there's some form of computer or technology device involved, some sort of interface. Although UX is not necessarily exclusive to technology. Uh, right. That's, that's a lot of, of UX work and the focus, uh, that, especially with, I think, user interface. And we can talk about um, uh, interaction design and usability and all, all those things. Uh, and then what I... I tried to explain that I think customer experience is a slightly broader subject that should absolutely include the discipline of user experience and all the benefits and insights you get from good UX work, but that you then begin to go into kind of a broader um, cross-section of work to have a, a customer experience effort, and so you start getting into then journey mapping and uh, voice of customer programs. And then uh, both these disciplines have to do with brand, but uh, how you're impacting brand might be slightly, might take a slightly different lens from a CX perspective than, uh, than a more traditional UX perspective. Uh, you get into customer service issues, which actually UX is really important to customer service also. But um, so I tried to take him down that, and I realized I was talking too much, and he goes, thank you for sharing all that information. And I realized that I should pull back a little bit. But um, I'm very interested in your take. If you were talking to someone who was new to this area of work, how would you describe UX versus CX? How are they different? Where are some of the key points of overlap and interactivity or dependency, if you will? Yeah. Uh, you know, how, how would you, how would have you answered that question? Well, uh, yeah, because I've, I've been in organizations confronted with like, people looking for definitions, I think, right. and, and, I, and uh, uh, sometimes, personally, it's when I, I feel like maybe rushed or stressed, maybe I'm like, oh, don't want to get into this argument right now, uh, but then other times uh, when I think people are earnestly trying to understand, so right. what, what are the things that would, would be helpful, uh, and so some of the things then when, when think, thinking about it is, I think... Uh, where they do have common space is that customer-centric or human-centric right. approach is how do we put the customer at the center um, 
which probably could be a whole side topic, is the fear of turning over things. To the, there, there's an internal right. fear, like, oh, we'll be out of control, we'll lose right. control if we That's do this. That's a big transition for any yeah. organization that it decides to turn that corner. So what we're trying to, like, again, what is meaningful? What are they, what are they trying to accomplish? But what I look at CX, uh, sometimes I look at that as sharing a lot of space with brand. It is yeah. more of an umbrella. It's what, it, it can be lots of touch points. UX sometimes being more specific about uh, an interface, and as you said, more digital, and mm-hmm. we can t- why UX is is really been growing quickly over the past, uh, you know, fifteen years, and and still looking to uh, right. continue to move. But I look at that as what they share in common is that that kind of design approach. Uh, but where I, I see also um, kind of you know you could sometimes substitute service design. CX, design thinking, even UX, but I, I, I tend to see UX as a subset of CX um, if, if I had to like kind of force the relationship. But uh, sometimes I feel like UX, especially the way that, that jobs are uh, you know, promoted or recruited, you're usually looking for people to enhance interfaces right? right? and right. enhance interactions. Uh, but what's becoming interesting is as UX is growing and we have more technology where there is a, an interface where you're touching something, right. we're getting into the world of headless displays. Yep. We're getting voice operators. So even just when we've really figured out how a good website should operate right. or a computer program should operate, now we have all these new interfaces where right. we kind of have to rethink. Uh, and is that is that a CX space? Is it a UX space? Right. That can be kind of a gray area. So what I think is interesting, though, is that even as some of the... It's hard to th- believe that your computer screen or your phone screen is, is going to become an outmoded interface, but it, it, it is already yeah. and, and will be. And it will, it will become one of the interfaces instead of the interface. Uh, and actually, all these new interfaces that are uh, headless or, or voice-based or whatever, yeah. um, they're... Uh, uh, they're all designed about how do you reduce friction to get somebody to what they're wanting to get to. Right. Just like yep. the web browser, how people yeah. reduce the friction having to go to the library or or call somebody for uh, their research report or, or so, so they can send it over via paper. It's really uh, it, I was at I was at VoiceCon, which is one yeah. of the Gary V's. I'm yeah. s- only I'm somewhat sucked into the world of VaynerMedia, not completely yeah. converted yet. But uh, the whole discussion uh, was about. Um, how do you reduce friction? Because that really, that is such a concept when it comes to disruption. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, if you understand, this is why it's just so important, if you understand human-centered design, user-centered design, the, the concepts of service design and design thinking, um, which could be a whole other conversation that we could have. Right. Um, the, the, the principles of understanding empathy and understanding process yep. uh, the, and, and how somebody engages with whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, I would be fascinated to know who came up with Hey Alexa. Um, I mean, that, that, that's actually, it's an experience that you have. Yeah. Um, it's the beginning of an experience that, that then may be better or worse depending upon um, uh, whatever it is that you're doing. But, um, you know, understanding the experience from the perspective of whoever it is you're trying to get to or to help or whatever right that's what it's all and that's the common thread um and there's different angles to all these different things whether it's user experience or our customer experience or service design or whatever but it's all about how do you understand how this is going to work for whoever's 
consuming this, using it, going to, they're, they're the ones having the experience. So, yeah, and I, I one where, where they might differ as well, at least what I've seen in organizations too, is sometimes CX tends to be in the large organizations also having more quantitative numbers. Here's where yep. we're seeing volume. Here's where we're seeing yep. uh, maybe health or satisfaction. Right. And, and those quantitative numbers indicate goodness or badness usually. Yeah. Yeah. And describes a what. Yes. And then a lot of uh, the research in UX or some of the things we'll look at in UX might be more on the uh, qualitative side. Right. Uh, the, the why, really getting into some of the context uh, and you know, also uh, some of the designs in, in big discipline within UX is information architecture, kind of one of the original parts of UX, which is really how are we organizing information, what labels are we using, and, and sometimes understanding the mental models of who, who might be using this, like does this label have meaning, Right. convey the right meaning, right. is it helpful, Right. Uh, so some, yes, still some differences too. Right. Uh, you know, one of the things that we're, as we're talking about that I think is really important to point out, and for listeners of Social Impact CX, this is a recurring theme. Yeah. It, it doesn't, I don't think it really matters whether you're doing user experience work or customer experience work or maybe even some of both as a team. Collaboration at the end of the day is, uh, uh, is so critical to whether or not you're going to be successful in the work that you're doing because even Absolutely. though you or your team might be tasked with uh, figuring out what this user interface means or does not mean or, or this experience being good or bad, at the end of the day, it's the rest of the organ. It's a whole team of people that are producing that. Yep. What what contributes to the interface? Why the interface is there, or how that experience happens? And so, what is never successful is doing this work, UX or CX, in a vacuum. Uh, you, by definition, you are being tasked as. Uh, a collaborator. In in order to be successful, you will have to collaborate. I think that's a common thread through UX and CX. Work, Absolutely, we we actually say that it uh, designs a team sport. That's it. Because yeah. you're really trying to you, you, It's hard to be successful as a solo practitioner. All the people that you need to do good design, all the people you need to collaborate with to make this uh, effective and a reality for your customers and to realize that business value. It, it's absolutely a team sport. This has been Social Impact CX Podcast Episode 22, and that was the first part of my great conversation with user experience expert Matt Arnold. And, and I hope that some of you check out that book that I mentioned at, at the, in the intro, Yes And, from Kelly Leonard and, and Tom Yorton. Uh, Matt and I have been referencing that book for a few years now. It's, it's really fantastic. As I've said before, Social Impact CX is also intended to be an interactive forum, a place to stir conversation, answer questions, provide some context, hopefully achieve a better understanding of customer experience and user experience work because they're so uh, important. Uh, it, it's, it's so important how they work together. So what questions do you have after listening to my discussion with Matt? Uh, questions about user experience or anything else that came to mind as we were talking? You can ask a question or make a comment at Social Impact CX a couple different ways. First, you can send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at S-O-C-I-A-L-I-M-P-A-C-T-C-X dot com. You can also find us on Twitter and post a question there. Our Twitter handle is Social Impact CX. And please follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with uh, new podcasts and other related content. You can also find me on Twitter. My handle is John F. Corrigan. 
Or if you're listening to this podcast via YouTube, feel free to post a question in the comments section. That goes for SoundCloud as well. And we'll do our best to, to catch you there. And if you're on YouTube or SoundCloud listening, uh, please subscribe uh, so, uh, so that we can uh, track with you and, and keep you up to date on future episodes. This is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX. Thank you.